Hello, leaders, and welcome to Connections, the podcast. This is where we sit down with some of our friends and talk about how God wants to use us to lead the women in our community to be better women, mothers, and leaders. I'm Jennifer Iverson, and today we get to welcome back Stacy Morgan, one of our awesome volunteers. Welcome, Stacy. Super happy to be here. I'm excited to have you here too. Okay, well, Stacy, tell us a little bit about yourself for those that don't know who you are. Sure. Well, I live in South Texas. I'm a MOPS volunteer. I've been a coach for five years now, but I've been in MOPS for 16 years. And so for the first uh, 11 years of my MOPS experience, I was a leader in local groups all over the country. My husband's in the army. And so every time we moved, I joined a MOPS group. So over the years, I've been in seven or eight different MOPS groups, and I've done pretty much all the jobs that there is to do or to do on a leadership team. And uh, I was a coordinator for a long time of several different groups. So uh, I kind of have a unique and kind of deep leadership experience within MOPS. With that many MOPS groups, um, you really got to see how each group is a little bit different, but they all follow the same MOPS principles. That's very cool. As you know, um, this year we're really focusing on what it looks like to thrive in leadership. And at MomCon 2019, you had the opportunity um, to talk to our discussion group leaders and really dig into what this looks like to thrive in their leadership. So um, I'd love to just jump in because I think there's a lot of really rich information for this. Um, and just have you share a little bit about what it does mean to thrive. Sure. Well, the discussion group leader position is really the most important and influential role on your leadership team. And a lot of discussion group leaders kind of minimize the impact that they may have on a team because they think, well, maybe there's more than one of me in my group. Uh, maybe they wear multiple hats. And so they think that the other hat they wear is more important. But the truth is when you step back and you look at why women come to MOPS, what are they looking for? And then what keeps them coming back and what actually makes MOPS a meaningful and life-changing experience for them, it really circles back to the role of the DGL in that woman's experience. And so with 100% certainty, I tell everyone who will listen to me, the DGL is absolutely the most important and influential role in MOPS because your experience with your DGL will totally dictate what kind of experience you have as a mom. Like the person that you really, um, you see the most often and really connect with. That's right. I mean, they are the person whose job description is to create connection. That is their vague but specific job description that this is the sole thing they're doing, creating connection with the moms at their table. So if they don't do that, if those connections are not made and strong and deep, then that really changes what kind of experience a woman has in MOPS. How does that translate into uh, thriving within the MOPS group? Well, I think a lot of discussion group leaders feel burnt out because they, uh, they understand that this is a responsibility, but they're not quite sure what it means inside a meetings context versus outside of a meeting. And they feel like, um, you know, it's all about just leading discussion. Uh, 
and about organizing social activities. And those two things cause a lot of stress for people who don't have a lot of experience leading discussion and don't get a lot of positive feedback when they try to organize social activities. But it's really so much more than that. And so I, I'm really excited to talk about this today because I believe that when discussion group leaders uh, shift their perspective on what it means to be a discussion group leader, it's a little bit of a, a misnomer for the position because we say, well, it's not just about discussion, but of course, that's right there in the job title, but it's really so much different than that. Um, I think most DGLs will feel a freedom and that stress just lift off their shoulders once they have a better understanding of what the true purpose of this role is within their MOPS group. Sure. All right. Well, let's, let's dig into that. Let's talk about the purpose of that. When it comes down to it, you know, you have to put yourself back in the shoes of the mom who shows up at MOPS. You know, she's probably, she's looking for a connection. She's looking for a relationship. And so when she shows up and she's introduced to this woman who she's been told is her table leader or her discussion group leader, um, you know, she's assessing that person from that moment to say like, what do you think of me? You know, do you like me? Are you welcoming to me? Are you accepting of me? Do you want to be my friend? And, you know, it's ironic that for most of us, this season of our life is a time when we feel the most lonely, but uh, it comes in a season when we are rarely or ever alone. And so these moms, you know, they're looking for, we're all looking for connection. And um, so what happens when she talks to that discussion group leader is if she feels connected to her, if she feels like this woman cares about me, we may not agree about everything. We may have very little in common, but this woman is interested in being my friend. Well, you know, that really is attractive to everyone. Who doesn't want to have a new friend? And it's that friendship that keeps moms coming back. A good connection, a friend, covers a multitude of mistakes that happen within a mom's meeting. You can have a terrible speaker, a terrible crap, the coffee can be cold, the childcare could go sideways. But if you feel connected to the women at your table, if you've got some friends who are trying to connect with you, you'll come back every time and it'll be the best part of your week because that's what moms are looking for. What does being a discussion group leader really look like? during a MOPS meeting? Every MOPS group is different and everybody runs their group differently during their meetings, but there are kind of some main parts of a meeting that kind of be, are standard across all groups. And that's that you usually have some social time either in the beginning or the end or when you're doing crafts or something. Then there's some teaching time, then there's some discussion time, and then there's kind of this fudge time where other things are happening. But there's two main parts of the meeting where the discussion group leader really has her primary impact on the women in the group. And that's during the social time and the discussion time. So the social time, um, I think we make a mistake if we think this is just throwaway time. Because this is, while it, may, while it may be unscripted, this is the time when we're deciding, you know, how do I fit in here? What, is this group really as welcoming as they claim it is? You know, do I like these people? Do they like me? Are people actively trying to talk with me about my life and build connection? And so if we want social time, to be important and for us to connect with our moms, then we have to be intentional. You know, this is where the friendship begins. And I tell table leaders, if a woman doesn't feel comfortable during the social time of the meeting, then she's not going to feel comfortable during the more serious discussion time. And she's not going to feel comfortable coming to outside activities. So this isn't just a free-for-all, casual eating, drinking coffee. We are eating, we are drinking coffee, we may be doing crafts, but we're doing it with an intentionality of connecting with each other. And it's the DGL's job to make sure that that connection is happening. So that's going to mean that 
you know, during this time, she's on the job. She may look casual and relaxed and having conversation, but she is intentionally connecting through good eye contact and putting her phone away and not checking her watch and all those good, just social, you know, things that we know how to do. But you're making each mom at your table feel like, um, you know, this discussion leader was was waiting for me to arrive. She was expecting me and she's happy to see me and she's smiling at me and she gave me a hug. And maybe this is the only hug I've gotten all week. And maybe this is the only person who smiled at me all week. And so that time is is super important, but you have to be intentional about it. Quality social time doesn't just happen. You have to have at least one person who is focused on this time being quality time. This is the time where, you know, remembering someone's name is really important, <laughs> you know, even if they don't have their name tag on, like right. it's really, it's really impactful. You know, it's these little things that you don't realize how impactful they are till someone doesn't do it. Um, but you know, if I walk into a room and I've only met somebody one or two times, but they remember my name, you know, that kind of sticks with you. Or if they remember my kids' names, like, whoa, like super bonus points for that. Or something I said last time that I was struggling with, or maybe something that was awesome that happened. But you remember it and you ask me a follow-up question like, wow, that really sends the message, you care about me. I'm not just a body that's sitting at your table. I am someone that you are interested in getting to know deeper. And everyone wants to be known by other people. So, and that happens, it starts and really develops during the social time. I think sometimes we have to have our own little um, tricks, our own little study times, our own little things to help us remember some of that pertinent information. And quite frankly, even just praying and asking God to help us remember that is um, half the battle. That's right. I mean, there's no, uh, there's no rule book that says you can't review the names of the women at your table before a mop seating or right. looks or look through, uh, you know, if you keep a prayer journal or are people somehow submit prayer requests or just fill out information sheets about themselves at your table, like, Hey, go ahead and look over those until you have them memorized. Like the important thing is not uh, how long it took you to remember is that you did. You took the time and you right. remembered it. So when you saw her again, you were confidently right. able to greet her and hug her and smile at her and, and know her name. Okay, so you talked about the social time. What about the discussion time? Discussion time is the most important part of the meeting. And I would tell any, uh, you know, every once in a while I run into a discussion group leader who says like, absolutely, I love discussion time. My women, you know, the women at my table want to talk to each other, absolutely. Um, but we keep getting shortened and shortened time. And I would say this is kind of a side note, but and as a leader, I would fight for that time because this is the heart of MOPS. This is what moms come to MOPS for. They don't necessarily come for the speaker or the coffee or the food or the craft, but they come to connect with other moms and have a different kind of conversation than they can have at the playground or at the gym. And it happens in the discussion time. So you know, I'm always going to fight for that that set apart time. And if we get behind, I'm going to cut everything else before I cut this session. I think it's just so important. But this is where we build on the foundation that was built in the social time. You know, so that social time is that, is that foundational level of the relationship. And now we're building the house. So this is where conversation is going to build off of whatever teaching or activity was happening in the group that day. And where moms are going to be challenged to think differently and to think deeper and eventually, you know, to examine their faith and open up and be vulnerable. Um, but that doesn't happen naturally. It's the 
job of the discussion group leader to prepare the environments at the table so that can happen. And so um, one way of thinking about discussion time is to think of it as the goal being to have a conversation unlike any other you could have somewhere else. And of course, you know, as the year goes on, we're going to get deeper. We're not going to start the first meeting with, hi, welcome, Susie. It's your first meeting. Tell us about your marriage problems. You know, it's like we're not going to go right. there, right? It's, uh, you know, the relationships deepen as time goes on and conversations will deepen. So in the first part of the year, when you're still kind of feeling each other out, um, what makes those conversations special and unique might be the topic or just the willingness to kind of be honest about your feelings about this topic or the challenges in life that you're having. But as the relationship grows, the depth and vulnerability in those conversations will also grow. And it's the DGL's job to make sure that conversation stays on track. That may literally mean needing to work on your facilitation skills. And of course, the great news is that MOPS has awesome resources online on facilitation skills. You know, this is not something that everybody is born knowing how to do. It's, it can be hard work, you know, but Facilitation skills at its core are knowing how to keep conversation on track, how to keep conversation balanced and making sure that no one is, you know, no one's being bullied or everyone's having a chance to talk. And, but also being wise enough to know that sometimes when someone takes an off-ramp, that off-ramp conversation is actually better than the one you were on and kind of right. knowing when to take it. Like this is really going in a better, deeper, more rich direction than our initial conversation. And so, you know, if that's something that people feel like they could work on, that we can all work on it then absolutely use those resources, become a better conversationalist. But it also means for DGLs being comfortable in your own skin and in your own story. Uh, because the moms at your table are not going to be vulnerable if you're not vulnerable. They're not going to share their story if you don't share your story. And, um, and so, again, it starts with stories about your life and then eventually gets to the part of your life about faith and your relationship with Jesus. And, um, and the truth is the discussion group leader will decide uh, when and how discussions about faith and Jesus are going to happen at the table. Those kind of discussions uh, are too sensitive to happen accidentally. <laughs> They're only going to happen if someone is purposeful during discussion and has, again, prepared the environment that this is a safe space, uh, that, you know, what you say is confidential and that we care for each other and that you can trust me because I've shown you over the last weeks, months, days, that I care about you as a person. I don't have a hidden agenda. I am not trying to convert you. I'm not trying to shame you. I'm just interested in knowing who you are and having a cool discussion about what you think about life and faith and Jesus. And that happens, but somebody has to be driving the train. And the DGL is the conductor of that conversation train. She gets to redirect, she gets to guide, she gets to, to lean. And um, I love that you mentioned that we have training resources on our training site. And I'll give the, the website at the end here. Well, whatever. I'll give it now. <laughs> Training.mops.org. And there's a whole course on leading discussion and group dynamics. The other thing that I love that you said is, you know, you are going to have differing opinions. That's not a bad thing. We spend a lot of our times with people who think a lot like us. And this is a really cool opportunity to have um, great conversations. From some of the things that you said, it's really building um, a friendship. Um, essentially. How does that translate like outside of the meeting? If you do the math 
Okay, so if you're in like an amazing MOPS group that meets twice a month and a full three hours every month, uh, you're going to be in MOPS like less than six hours a month probably. And that is a tiny percentage of your, your week. And it's really, honestly, it's less than 2% of kind of your available time in an average week or month. And that's just not enough time to build a relationship, right? I mean, that is, it would be like if somebody said, I want to be your friend, but I only want to be interested in you for four to six hours a month. You'd be like, this doesn't, like, what kind of friendship is this, right? And the DGL's role really is to be a friend. And so... Um, if you do more, a little bit more math, you find that uh, if you had meetings twice a year, each one was three hours, well, I mean twice a month, each one was uh, three hours, an entire MOPS year, you would only be in MOPS for about 50 hours a month. And wow. right, That's which crazy just, when you do that math. That's <laughs> right. It's just crazy, right? And so these, I saw a study where uh, people much smarter than you and I figured out how many hours it takes to be someone's close friend. And it takes on average 400 quality hours of time with someone to become a good friend. And that's not like, uh, you know, you both happen to be at the same park at the same time. That doesn't count as time. Like 400 face-to-face, good conversation, quality hours. And so 400 hours versus 50 hours in MOPS, like it is mathematically impossible to become good friends with someone only at MOPS meetings sure. to go, to go from stranger to good friend. Yeah. It's a great yeah. starting point, but it's not going That's to right. cause that relationship to go deep. There's no doubt about it. Like if our goal is to build relationships with our moms, which it is. And if the primary person whose job it is to build those relationships is the DGL, then the math is clear. We have to get outside the meeting time if we want to, uh, build those relationships, you know. So the what the way the conversation normally goes for most DGLs, or at least their thought process is like, well, okay, I've got to build these relationships. So the answer is, I will just organize a ton of social events outside. I will start a Facebook page for us to plan all of our things together. I'll just set up like a million coffees and a million play dates, and they just get so burnt out and so stressed. This is like. Planning outside activities is probably, from my experience over all these years, the number one stressor on discussion group leaders. I plan all these activities. Nobody shows up. I plan all these activities. It was so much work. I don't know how often I can do it. And they're just totally burnt out. And what happens is then they just shrink back into themselves and once again just focus solely on the meetings. But you have to remember, again, these moms, they're not looking for more meetings in their life. They're looking for more connection. And we have to create connection, we have to get outside the meeting. So I like to tell discussion group leaders, really take off the descriptor of discussion group leader, because again, that makes it sound like it's something that only happens in a meeting format. And instead, think of yourself as having the job title of fearless friend. Uh, I think we all have baggage in our life, whether it's from junior high or from last week, um, where we would love to do friendships a certain way, maybe be a little bit more open, maybe a little bit less scared about approaching people, um, whatever it is. Uh, we have fear of rejection, fear of what being too intense or not intense enough, whatever it is. We have all this baggage um, that holds us back from being the kind of friends that we want to be or the friend that we believe God wants us to be. But here's the awesome thing about being a DGL. Uh, you can totally be that fearless person putting all your baggage aside because 
by just having this job description title, you are now totally justified in doing all those full friend activities that maybe before you felt like you needed some justification for. So like in my case, I know sometimes I can be a little intense and I always have this fear of like, people are going to be like, wow, um, you're really kind of an intense person. But here's what I know. Like, it doesn't scare people away when they know I'm their discussion group leader. They're like, oh, well, she's my DGL, so no wonder she's, like, chasing me down to communicate. She's not intense. She's caring. You know? It's amazing. And um, and so, I, like, so this is, this is what the DGL, this is where the freedom to be more, honestly, more authentically yourself, which makes this role so awesome, is that you can put aside all the fears you have that currently hold you back from being a great friend and say, I'm not just trying to be a friend. I'm being a DGL, <laughs> you know? And, and nice. you think about how, like, what are all the things that I would do if, as a friend, if I was unencumbered by my fears? And that's what I'm going to do for the moms at my table. I'm going to sure. be unafraid to communicate with them. I'm not going to be afraid of rejection. I'm going to let go of all my baggage because this is what friends do. And every time we have to make a decision about what it's going to look like for us to be a discussion group leader, we say, well, what would a fearless friend do? And that's what's going to dictate what we do, how we talk, the words we choose, how we spend our time. Uh, instead of some kind of structured idea we have of this is what DGLs do and which is what they don't do. Instead, you just ask yourself, get, like, what would a fearless friend do in this case? And um, because that's what the moms are looking for. They're looking for... A friend. I love that. If we get to be that fearless friend and authentic, just like our mobs groups can be different, but they have um, some universal principles, how can our discussion group leaders be authentically themselves, but still have those um, universal principles that you need to have? I mean, everybody's going to do friendship a little differently. So there's complete freedom in that. God calls you to use your gifts the way you know, you are best equipped to, to do that. Um, but there are a few things that are going to be consistent across the entire board. And so the first thing that's always going to be consistent across all DGLs is that uh, we're going to have to pray for the moms at our table. There is no way around this. Uh, you cannot be uh, a really invested DGL and a really good friend if you're not praying for your moms. That's what friends do. We need to be praying for our moms, for our friends on a regular basis, by name, like, and I can say like, I am no prayer warrior. So I am not somebody who's like, oh yeah, I do this all the time. No efforts, no problem. I totally remember it all the time. Like actually, no, it's something I really struggle with, but uh, you know, I've learned that you have to be intentional about this. So one year as a table leader, I was really struggling to remember to pray for my moms. And so I actually printed out a list of their names and put that in a baggie and taped it to the inside of my shower. Uh, so that every time I was washing and shampooing my hair, I would go down the list and pray for each mom at my table. And, you know, it seems totally ridiculous, but you know, here's what I've realized. Like, look, God doesn't care where or when I pray. He doesn't care if my eyes are closed or my head is bowed, or even if I have clothes on, apparently. Uh, he just wants me to pray, right? And so, and I can say like the times that I've gotten serious about praying for the moms at my table, that's, uh, that has been the time when I've seen the most dramatic changes, not just in my relationships with my mom and the moms and, and the connections between those moms at our table, but in myself too, because the truth is as a, a DGL, look, uh, 
there are going to be people at your table every year who are not naturally the people that you will connect with, right? That are a little bit more of a challenge. And so, you know, these women who are hard to love, you know, the only way to, to really change that is to pray for her. Not because you're praying that God will change her, uh, even though you may want to, uh, but truthfully, <laughs> you pray for her because God is going to change your heart to, towards her, sure. honestly. Like he's going to soften your heart to, to, you know, help you love those that are hard to love. And, um, and we can pray for wisdom on how to share truth with each other and, and how to strengthen those bonds and, uh, and really how to better reflect Jesus's love to the women at our table. So it's kind of scary to pray sometimes for the moms at our table because you're never sure exactly what God is going to do with that. But we pray for each other because that's what friends do. And that's what DTLs are. They are fearless friends. And so they're going to pray for each other. Um, well, this and night. quite frankly, once you've started praying for somebody, you have a much easier time remembering their name. <laughs> yes. Uh, the second thing we're going to do if we're going to be fearless friends and great DGLs is we're going to pursue the moms uh, at our table. And um, I remember the first time that I was pursued by a friend and um, it, it was very startling and a very confusing because I think I'd never been pursued by another woman in friendship before. And after I got past my initial confusion and suspicion, I realized it felt amazing. It, I mean, it really makes you feel so valued. And, you know, it makes you wonder when you're being pursued, you know, am I really worth all this effort that this woman is putting forth in trying to get to know me? And eventually you come to the decision like, yes, I am. Like I am worth it and everyone is worth it. And every one of God's people is worth it. But rarely do we feel pursued by people because just in today's culture, we make an initial introduction and then we're on to somebody else if we don't initially click or, you know, or whatever life happens. But it is a life-changing gift that DGLs can give their moms to pursue them. It, it changes you when you are pursued and it takes a fearless friend to do it because it is hard to pursue certain people who, you know, are hard are just life is hard. Life is busy. Um, but what I tell the DGLs is this, we are going to pursue because that's what friends do. And we're going to do it over and over again. It doesn't matter if they respond, if they don't respond. Uh, we're never going to give up. We're not going to be afraid of rejection. We are going to fearlessly, unabashedly keep pursuing and keep pursuing because that is what God uh, does for us. You know, he pursues us even when we turn our backs on him. He pursues us when we have better things that we think we should be doing, um, you know, um, but as the DGL, we are completely justified in wanting to get to know you better. So it is totally not weird that we are stalking you. We want to be your friend. And, you know, it's not going to connect with everyone. You know, there will be people who will never reciprocate your pursuit. And that's okay. Uh, we can't control that side. All we can control is that we lovingly pursued them as friends for as long as we were able, as long as they were members of our table or however you organized. And, um, you know, five years from now, I would hope that that mom who doesn't reciprocate when I pursue her, she may look back at her time and say, you know, um, it didn't, you know, it was hard with my schedule those years or whatever, but I knew they wanted to to be my friend. What I don't want is to someone say, wow, I was really looking for a connection and nobody pursued me. 
Like right. that, that makes me sad. It's important for DGLs to fully own, like, look, there are going to be people that, you know, MOPS does not work for, and that's okay. Their schedules are, things are happening, schedules are hard, whatever, that's okay. But the message we want those moms to hear is, I care too much about you to let you just fade away or right. sneak out the back door, you know? Right. <laughs> it's okay, you know, it's okay if this doesn't work out for you. That's totally fine, like life happens. Uh, but I want you to know that I care if you're here. And this, like, there's nothing sadder to me than the mom who says, I missed a couple meetings because my kid was sick and nobody noticed. Yeah. Like that makes me yeah. so sad. And that's the mom who doesn't come back because right. no one's connecting with her. When you feel connected, when you feel like someone wants to be your friend, it changes everything, especially in this season of life. To think that there is someone out there who is not legally or biologically related to you, who cares <laughs> enough to pursue you and be your friend and actively reach out to you. And you know, when you're not somewhere, calls you to find out where you are or extends that personal invitation to come to that coffee or go to that play date. Like, that it changes your entire life when you feel that somebody cares about you. And it's, it's not a hard, you know, it's not a complicated thing, but it, it's hard to do because it, again, it takes intentionality. It takes time. It takes effort. But this is, this is why the DGL is the most important and impactful role on a team because yeah. this is, this is it. This is where connection and relationships happen. This is where MOPS happens in that text at nine o'clock at night. This is, hey, I was just thinking about you. How are you? Right. And wouldn't we all have less baggage from junior high if we had figured this out back then? <laughs> yes. And, the, and yes. And the amazing thing I found for myself is when I said to myself, like, okay, I'm going to put on my DGL hat and I'm going to put my own baggage aside. Like when I put on my DGL hat, I put my own relationship baggage to the side and I'd be the fearless friend that a DGL is. The more I did that, the more I was able to get rid of that baggage with yeah. all the other relationships in my life, you know? And that's where it's such an incredibly life-changing experience to be a DGL because God really uses how you are caring for other women to change how you view, view yourself, how you view every relationship in your life, and it you know, helps you become more authentically yourself. So you mentioned pray and pursue, but what's the third one? Yeah, so the last thing we're going to do is we're going to provide. So obviously, as we are praying for and pursuing our moms, we're going to learn about what they need in life. Now, for some of the women at your table, it's just going to be something simple like someone to listen to them or just to sit next to them and give them a hug. Um, for some people, it'll be, you know, help cleaning their house or holding their baby. For some of them, it's going to be they need some wisdom or some truth or just like a safe place to be themselves. You know, it's going to be big things. It's going to be small things. Um, but we as the DGL are granted the freedom to fearlessly provide what they need in the best way that we now have. Now, this doesn't mean we're necessarily going to do that alone. Uh, as we pray for wisdom, we're going to ask that God, you know, shows us when we need to bring in resources or outside help. Um, outside of what we are able to provide as a friend. But no matter how we provide whatever the women at our table need, we are at our core providing hope and love as we do it. We're providing a reflection of God's love in action. You know, like we are God's hands and feet here and now in the lives of these women. We, you know, we're not waiting for a miracle. We, God has put us in this place at this time to be the helper, the provider for the women at our table for right now. When we show up, 
you know, and just showing up is way more than most women will, you know, find in many of their relationships in their life. So if when you just show up and are present in the lives of the women at your table, uh, that creates the space and the opportunities for us to meet Jesus together. Uh, but we do it together as friends because, again, this is what friends do. Like, why do we pray for each other? Why do we pursue our moms? Why do we provide whatever they need? Because this is what friends do. And really, when you think about, like, the purpose, the purpose of MOPS is to provide that connection. But we know that the purpose is also to help women take the next step on their journey, their relationship with Jesus. And you can't do that unless you have established that relationship. Being a thriving discussion group leader means being a fearless friend. I love the three practical things that you gave us to pray, to pursue, to provide. Is there anything else that you would love to share with our discussion group? Sure. I think it's really easy to get caught down in the weeds of um, what it is to be really in any leadership position, but especially DGL, you know, uh, how are things working? How do we get the information out? All that kind of stuff. Um, and if we can get very caught up in the meetings and how things are happening. And I just hope that all of our leaders, but especially DGLs, can take a step back and remind themselves that, you know, MOPS is not a meeting you attend. It's a sisterhood you belong to. And the sisterhood cultivators are the discussion group leaders. I have tried to make that phrase kind of my own mantra as I feel myself slide into the weeds sometimes and get really caught up in logistics. I have to remind myself, the moms at my table, the moms in my group are not looking for another meeting. They are looking for connection. They're looking for friendship. They want to be part of a sisterhood. So when I remind myself of that, it helps me refocus my time, uh, where I'm going to spend my resources, uh, you know, what kind of words I'm going to use when I'm communicating with my moms, you know, uh, and it helps me stop worrying about things that are often outside of my control. Just last night, I was at a group and the television that we were supposed to be using to watch this slideshow would not work. <laughs> we, of course and, not. Of course not. And we wrestled with this piece of technology for 30 minutes. And it was to be like, again, such a reminder, like, this isn't why the women are here. Like, eventually we had to go on without it. Like, forget it. Yeah. Forget the TV. Um, and so we did our teaching time. We did our discussion time. And we didn't use the television. And it was, it was great. But it was a, such, again, a tangible reminder that, like, you could strip everything away from how we do mops. Absolutely everything from tech and childcare and food and coffee and crafts and even the facility and tables, and we would still be the sisterhood, you know? And if that happens with the connections and the relationships that happen through the discussion group leader, you know, you are the one who gets to decide what that's gonna look like for the women at your table. And, um, and that's really important. So be, being that friend, I think, what would a friend do is the question that I try to keep at the forefront of the DGL's mind. Whenever they have a point where they're like, I'm not sure what I should do. Should I cancel this play date? Should I organize this thing? Should I do it? Well, what would a friend do? And when you ask yourself that question, often the answer becomes really obvious. But it's amazing how when we lose sight of the fact that the whole purpose of the discussion group leader is to build connections and be a friend, like things get way overly complicated. And it's not complicated. Doesn't mean it's easy. I mean, it's absolutely, I believe, a divine calling that every 
DGL, who is a DGL in this season, has been called to a divine calling for this season of their life, and that is a heavy responsibility, but it is an awesome responsibility. I love that phrase. What would a friend do? Because you're right, it really does strip, um, strip everything away. Discussion group leaders, you really are such an important part of the MOPS group, like we've talked about. Um, and we would love to hear from you more. So if you join us on the MOPS Leaders Facebook page, we often have some great discussion. We also have some great resources created just for you. So make sure you are registered for your MOPS membership, that you're watching for your connections email. It comes to your inbox twice a month. And that you visit our leader training like we talked about earlier at training.mops.org. And on there, we have some short videos um, that can help you to become what we call leader certified. These are just full of great information and take less than 90 minutes to complete. But in addition to that, we also have several special courses designed just for you as discussion group leaders. One is titled Leading Discussion that gets into some of the tips and tricks that Stacy was talking about. Another is called Group Dynamics and don't forget to check out the Share Jesus portion. So leaders, thank you for listening in. Remember that very often the difference between surviving and thriving as a leader is just our willingness to step up learn something new, or do something different. So let's do those things together because this is our year to thrive.